Indie Media. Well, um, to give you an example, I got a phone call um, while I was staying with a friend to tell us that the local polling station was being attacked by the police. By the time we got down there, thousands of other people who were also being contacted had turned up to defend the polling station and a large multitude, very peacefully but very determinedly, and with some, you know, kind of quite radical slogans such as the, street, the streets will always be ours, uh, managed to repel the police back and stop the the police from entering into the polling station and that happened, was also happening around the corner. And there was a real mood, an electric mood in the, in the street. And obviously people were hearing about the violence that was taking place in other polling stations um, and, and were very angry and upset. But there was also a feeling of euphoria, knowing also that um, in, in many places in Catalonia, similar kind of protests to the one we were on, were also managing to stop the police repression. And, I, and, and that kind of that kind of mood, I think, also spilled over into the general strike two days later. This was an, an incredible event. It was called by radical, libertarian, and left nationalist unions that only have majority representation in very few se- sectors. And they called a general strike, which the large unions in the end felt they had to support. And the national movement uh, it was, was, in the end, pushed to, 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 to support as well. And this was one of the biggest general strikes that, that, that has taken place in Catalonia in, in, in recent years. You know, sectors like the public sector, um, the countryside, small businesses, um, the fire brigade, the, the ports, all, all shut down. Uh, during the day, and 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 there's a real there's a there's a really strong white white movement um, taking place at the moment. The scale and drama of what's taken place is, in some respects, difficult to comprehend. It's being described as Spain's worst constitutional crisis since the return to democracy some 40 years ago. Senior government officials arrested, ballots confiscated by the national police, polling stations attacked, hundreds of people arrested and and injured. Give us your assessment, Luke of why it's come to this point and particularly why the Spanish state has met the independence referendum with uh, such brutal repression? I think there's, there's many ways to answer that. Um, I think one of the reasons why the, the repression is so bad on Sunday was the size of the movement. Um, there was a mobilisation of police from around the whole of Spain um, to, to try and stop stop the referendum, and because the protest to defend the, the polling stations, and they included occupations overnight of the of the polling stations to keep them open, um, that had to be to have any effect. It had to be quite brutal, and we saw images of, of elderly people and children being uh, hit. Um, one person lost lost an eye. Uh, being shot by a large uh, rubber bullet, um, the kind of rubber bullets that are actually now banned in Catalonia. Um, and, you know, so, so there was kind of, there was enormous uh, levels of oppression, partly because of the size of the movement that the state was taking on. But I think more importantly, I think the, the Spanish state, there's, there's several reasons why I, I think it feels that it has to cross this movement. It can't come to an, an agreement with this movement. I mean, there's calls uh, this weekend for dialogue, there's been protests in in Barcelona, where people are dressed in white and called for the two sides to talk, but that's not receiving any any, any uh, serious coverage in the in the Spanish press because there's a consensus in the Spanish establishment, um, both in, uh, among the large Spanish uh, politician uh, uh, political parties, with Podemos uh, being the only exception, and in the media, 
that this kind of movement must be must be stopped, must be prohibited. It's worth reminding people that um, about 15 years ago, there was a similar offensive in the Basque country. Uh, the Basque country is another area where there's a strong local national identification and there's been a strong pro-independence movement. And 15 years ago, the main pro-independence parties were legalized. Their, their leaderships were, were arrested and, and, and imprisoned for many years in many cases. Basque newspapers were shut down. This, this uh, was a successful offensive, partly because uh, the, the movements that were being attacked there were seen as, rightly or wrongly, as being uh, associated with the ETA terrorist group. But I think that the, the success of that, that, that kind of joint offensive in, in the Basque country, I think, has led to a bit of hubris on the part of the Spanish establishment. I think they thought they could get away with it again, and they, they're finding it's a very different moment and a very different movement that they're up against. Yeah, I mean, this is a, this, this, you know, this repression is taking place after years of social struggles, uh, the Indianados Square occupations, the rise of new left parties like Podemos. The atmosphere in Catalonia and, and, in, and in, to a degree in the rest of Spain is very different from then. The last reason why the repression has been so strong is there is an understanding in this in, in elite circles in Spain that. Uh, Catalan nationalism is inherently subversive. Now, this sounds crazy for people looking on the outside, but there is a logic to it, a twisted logic to it, which is that Catalan forms a, in, a, attempts at um, establishing a Catalan nation and Catalan statehood have always been associated with moments of political crisis and social struggle. Yeah, this happened in the 1930s before the Civil War when there was a, a large anarchist workers' movement, and at the same time you had a, a left-wing Republican um, pro-Catalan movement, which even announced that it was creating its own state in 1934. And th that kind of movement is seen as, as, as well, um, quite accurately, actually, as being a movement which questions the Spanish state as a project. Whereas in, in the United Kingdom, it's un understood that you can be you can feel Scottish, and that doesn't undermine any, automatically undermine any sense of Britishness, or at least you can be English and you can be Welsh, while there is a, a strong uh, Scottish nationalist movement. In Spain, it is understand, understood that there is only, um, particularly among conservative circles, that there is only one identity in Spain, and that is a Spanish identity, and the Catalan identity is, is seen as something that is a critique of that, quite accurately, because Catalan nationalism has grown at moments when people were upset with uh, the direction that Spain was going in. It's not a national movement that's always existed at every moment in time in history. And I think because of that, Catalan uh, attempts at asserting Catalan nationhood are seen as intrinsically subversive and, and must be crushed. And this is hard to understand from the outside, but I think that, that is what is happening. We are speaking to author, academic and activist Luke Stobart, recently involved in the demonstrations for Catalan independence, and you are listening to the Indie Media Show on RTRFM 92.1. Indie Media. Just on your last point there, Luke, certainly a lot of the left outside of the Spanish state views uh, the Catalan national struggle perhaps as a, a form of uh, a diversion or, or distraction from social struggles, but you've explained that very well. That raises the question of 
How is the left in the rest of the Spanish state, particularly uh, Podemos and uh, people who are involved in the Indignados movement, so uh, non-Catalonians uh, in the left of the, the Spanish state, how it connects with those wider social struggles that uh, you've mentioned? I mean, can it be uh, viewed uh, perhaps as, as a diversion from those struggles or are they connected? Has Podemos, for instance, taken a, a position on Catalan independence and, and, and how it connects with those, those broader social struggles in the rest of the Spanish state? I think that we can see the pro-independence movement as being another expression of a wider social struggle in uh, the Spanish state. Um, There is a feeling, uh, whether it's in the Indignados square occupations or in the housing movement or in the independence movement, that the the political system that was created after after the negotiations during the transition from the fascist dictatorship to democracy is a poor and uh, unsatisfactory one that doesn't actually respond to the needs of the majority of the population. And, of course, the response against that has taken different forms. Um, The pro-independence movement is a mixed movement. It does have a right wing as well as a left wing. Um, The left wing, which is the majority of the activists in the movement, feel that... uh, Catalonia is culturally discriminated against, which it clearly is. It's, uh, it feels that um, the Spanish state re- re- refuses to recognise the fact that Catalans actually feel a nation and should be treated as such. Um, it, a lot of them feel that independence is an opportunity to radically uh, reorganise uh, politics and, 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 and the Catalan society in the interests of the 99%. Um, but there's also uh, a right wing of the movement, which is uh, partly in this movement because it feels that Catalonia should not be uh, sharing so much of its wealth um, when uh, transferring uh, the revenue from taxes to the central state. Now, Catalonia is actually uh, one of the richer regions in the Spanish state. Um, and most of the reason why it's sharing its money is because of that. It's also true that there has been some economic discrimination towards Catalonia. Um, For example, there is less investment by the central state in infrastructure in Catalonia than in other comparable regions. So you can see how kind of different motivations in different sectors of the Catalan population have joined this independence movement, making it in some ways quite contradictory. But what's very interesting is that over the last few weeks particularly, there's been a shift in terms of the uh, strength within the movement of the left uh, wing against the, the right wing. Um, this, I think, is because of the spontaneous protests that happened after the first arrest of Catalan uh, officials on the 20th of September, um, when, when you started seeing students doing permanent occupations and permanent demonstrations, uh, the fire fighters uh, joined the, the struggle, the doctors refused to service the police boats that were moored in Barcelona and Tarragona's ports. And you start to see the kind of the working class elements of the movement and also the left of the movement having much more influence within protests, partly because that's where they come from and they know how to move in those kind of, in those kind of uh, contexts. The right wing are quite uncomfortable organizing civil disobedience and the left is comfortable. And so we're now seeing uh, a shift in that direction, which also was expressed in the, in, in the general strike. Um, 
so I think you know we can see we can see a, a, a link between this kind of wider malaise in, in Spanish society. Um, we can see a link between between the, the independence movement and other movements, even though there are differences. With regards to the issue of the new left, i.e. Podemos and the municipal coalitions that have won many town halls across the Spanish state, um, the relationship has been less clear um, and in some ways quite disappointing. Both Podemos and the municipal coalitions failed to recognize the referendum as a binding referendum, yeah? And actually, I think that helped encourage Rajoy to go on the offensive, thinking that the pro-independence movement was isolated and that people who weren't pro-independence would not actually support that movement if it was attacked. Since uh, the summer, the new Spanish and Catalan left, I'm talking about the kind of non-pro-independence left, um, has actually been very vocal at denouncing the repression, that's been very important in Spain and that, that you have voices like Podemos's that are able to be very hard on, 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 on and break the, 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 the consensus that exists in the Spanish establishment. But even now, I don't know how they're going to react if there's a declaration of independence. Just on that final point, if we could end there, Luke, the Spanish Prime Minister Mariano Rajoy has threatened to suspend that parliamentary session where it's expected the Catalan regional government will unilaterally, or so-called unilaterally, declare independence. If I could ask you, I guess, to look at your crystal ball, if you like, as to where things happen next, uh, let's assume that parliamentary session is suspended and uh, that declaration of independence is prevented from from going ahead. Uh, What happens next? You've spoken about this radicalising dynamic. Could things radicalise uh, further? We don't know what's going to happen next. Um, The Catalan president, Puigdemont, has asked to uh, do a declaration uh, on Tuesday, an official declaration. which may possibly be a declaration of independence. There's, you know, I mean, the, the, as you mentioned, the parliamentary session, uh, which should discuss a declaration of independence, has been prohibited. Um, but that doesn't mean that the pro-independence forces are not discussing uh, an alternative way of, of, of achieving the same. And, and the Spanish government is not uh, in full control of the... Of, of, the, of the, the you know the Catalan politicians at, uh, at this moment, so it could be that there is a declaration of independence on Tuesday. But this is not clear because Puigdemont he comes from that Catalan right, um, which is much more moderate and um, is very keen to have international mediation to avoid uh, further a further escalation of the conflict, and also uh, is um, a party which traditionally has tried to. Um, gain greater financial powers within the framework of the Spanish state, and it's not, it shouldn't be totally ruled out that they don't try and do a deal with Madrid, uh, which, which falls short of, of, of full independence. Um, so uh, it's not clear what, what declaration he's going to make on Tuesday. I think everyone's quite nervous about what is going to happen, but it is a possibility. And if that happens, it's very likely that the state responds applying an article of the constitution article 155 which effectively suspends catalan autonomy there's another article in the constitution which can be applied which would apply a state of emergency and these uh, issues are being talked about even by some of the big opposition parties in spain such as the new right ciudadanos 
And um, the Social Democratic Party is saying it, it doesn't have a veto against applying Article 155, which shows just how corrupt the political system has become, that you have a supposedly left-wing party arguing for um, cancelling autonomy and sending in maybe even the troops, who knows. Um, so that, that's where we are. This is a very critical moment. But it's a critical moment, which if you're in, when you're in Barcelona... Um, actually is less scary than it may appear. Why? Because this is a, a, a historically enormous and united and disciplined and mature movement which can increase, achieve incredible things. And I think that anyone who thinks that even with even more oppression, uh, the, the Madrid will simply uh, be successful, I think needs to think again and they need to look at just how exciting this movement is. And one last thing is the movement has some moles in the Catalan parliament as well. There is a coup party, an anti-capitalist party, supporting independence, that has been pushing this whole referendum process forward from the beginning. And they act as a mouthpiece for the movement in the parliament. They've said to Puigdemont, if he doesn't call declaration, if there is a majority vote in the referendum, as it was last week, they will bring down that government. They are the kingmakers in the Catalan parliament. Puigdemont's uh, coalition is a, is a minority government. And so we have an exciting situation where both in Parliament and out on the streets, you have a real determination to see this thing through. So I don't think anyone should think that this is going to be over if an even bigger clampdown is decreed on Tuesday.